You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. When I was 14 years old, I had a job working on a construction crew, building a church uh, in a school. And um, we were, my job, my only job that I had was to make sure that the guys who were making the doors and putting the doors in the classrooms had all the equipment that they needed to make sure that the, that the doors went on precisely, they were good because they had to be, uh, the doors were fit to order and, um, and I had to do it in a timely fashion. It was the only job in my 43 years of my life that I got fired from. <laughs> I had one job and that's to make sure that those people, the guys, had the equipment that they needed to build and to get the doors on. And the reason why I got fired is because I didn't make sure they had the equipment uh, and uh, they felt behind schedule. And so I remember the guy, I'm not gonna say his last name, his name was Larry, he's watching. Um, so he was, um, he, uh, he fired me. And so I was like, what, what, why did I get fired? And he said, well, he said, because you had a job to do. And he goes, what you don't understand, I was 14. Uh, he said, what you don't understand is, he goes, if you don't do your job, then the other, other guys that you're, that you're supplying and equipping, they can't do their job. So, so I'm, you know, told you, here's your pink slip. Uh, so happened that, you know, the school and the church that we were building, my parents were pastors at. So I went to my dad. I go, Dad, would you pull some strings? Let me get my job back. He goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, it's a lesson that you need to learn that no matter how hard you do what you're told, do what you need to do. And so um, he, didn't, he didn't help me get my job back. But at the same time, I was able to talk with Larry. Larry gave me my job back, and uh, I learned a valuable lesson. And the reason why I told you that story is because uh, this morning we're starting a new series, uh, and it's entitled Making a Difference. And it's really, this, this message that I'm talking to you about this morning is very, very important because in order for you to be able to make a difference, it's, it's time for, I believe, it's time for the church to really rise up and be who God's called her to be. Do you believe that? Yeah. Especially right now with everything that's going on, God is wanting us to really step into that place. It's not about shrinking back. God has not called us as a church to shrink back, but he's called us to step up and step into the place that he's called us to so that we can do what he's called us to do and be who he's called us to be. Uh, COVID, uh, yeah, that's going on. Racism, yeah, that's going on. Riots, yes, that's going on. Important election, yes, all those things are going on. So what a time for the church to arise, a shine, and let the light come so that the, so that the light can shine in the darkest. So it's, it's so important. And, and so it's, it's, it's so, uh, this is message, I'm telling you, this message, the next few messages, all of them are, but I really want this to get down in your spirit, in your heart, about what we're supposed to do as a body and what God has called us to do. So it's so, it's so important. I want you to pray with me. Can we pray? Lord, we thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us. Lord, you're helping us to arise, shine, and really be the church to the unchurched. Lord, it's so important, God, that we hear this. So everything that we do when we're, as we're worshiping, everything that we have to do is, is not about, Lord, us. It's about you. It's about you. So we thank you, Lord, that as, as people are listening, hearing, I pray that they would have ears to hear and, and hard to understand. But we thank you, Lord, that you're doing it. So it's you, Lord. So we bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are two ways to do church. This, this, and I'm going to tell you one. There's a traditional way uh, and then there's the biblical way. 
of doing church. And I'm going to explain that to you because I came from I came from a background where my parents would wake us up on Sunday morning and say, probably your parents too, let's go to church. let's go to church. Come on, put your, we, my parents actually made us iron our clothes on Saturday night so, so we could get in the mindset of getting ready to go to church. And uh, it was chaotic. I don't know if it was a chaotic at y'all's house and with the kids when they were a little chaotic. Uh, I remember one time my, my mother, he's one of those deals where it just seemed like when you say the word go to church, the kids just get chaotic. You know, they just, they try to hide stuff. I mean, just all of a sudden, oh, we must be going to church. Let's, let's throw dad's keys in a trash can, you know. <laughs> oh, we must be going to church. Let's, let's hide our shoes so that we can't, I mean, I'm just always something. And then you, uh, you get in the car and every, not, not everything's right. And you have that fight before you get in church. But when you walk in those doors... You, you know what I'm y'all laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hello, God bless you. Oh, my goodness. It's so good to see you. Oh, wow. You put on that religious garment. It says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. But y'all put on the garment of fake. You know, we put on the garment of fake. Girl, you look good. You know, y'all, we do that dealing. But, you, but, but it is. So it's that mindset. We do that. We, we go, we go to, to church. And, and then there's a biblical way of doing church when the word of God says that we are the church. And, and, and it's not, so here's what, what I, I thought growing up is that the, the guys that were on the platform or the guys sitting uh, on, on the front row, that those were the ministers. Well, I'm telling you this morning, I'm wanting to change a paradigm that you may have and say that you are ministers. Every person in this room is a minister. Everybody in here is called. You're just like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to, be, uh, to feel led. If I had a piece of lead, I would pass it around the room so that you could understand that you are being led. The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you and quickens your mortal body. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. God has commissioned you. He has called you, and he's wanting you to step into that place that he's called you to step into so that a lost and dying and hurting world can come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So I want to, this is important. I, I, I wanted to slow down. You know, some of the, and, and, and homiletics, they tell you, you start off slow and then you build. I'm jumping right out of the gate this morning, letting you know that we are the church. Yes. <clears throat> we gather in the building, but we are the church and God has called us to rise up and be the church to the unchurch this morning. I couldn't wait. I've, I wouldn't been wanting to preach this message since the beginning of the year. And so it's a time I've been, I've been holding back, so this is what you're getting this morning. I may calm down next week, but I'm just telling you right now, I really want you to get this on the inside of you. It is not something that we do. It's not something that we go to. It is, some, it is who we are and who God's called us to be. And so I'm going to tell you that. So I, this morning, as we're talking about making a difference, the reason why I had that skit, it was a goofy, cheesy skit, to get you in a mindset that we are all under construction. Do you understand that? Do you know that you're under construction? Do you know why I know that? Because Jesus said, he told Peter, he said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're under construction. And so therefore, I, I, you need to know uh, what my job is as a pastor. So that's what entitled the, the message today is called, uh, What's My Job? When I'm talking about what's my job, I'm actually talking about what my job is as the pastor. And this, this message is important because in a few weeks, in a couple weeks, you need to know what my job is, like I needed to, to perform the job at the construction site because you're going to need to know what your job is. 
Amen? And so I, I want to redefine that. If you don't know, if you've come to a building and you said, hey, let's go, let's go to church, I want to change that paradigm where you say, hey, what, what, are we, what is the purpose of this gathering? Why are we here? Why are you here this, this morning? Can we get down to the nitty-gritty? Can we talk about that? Why are you here? What is, what's the purpose of you being here at this gathering? And I want to talk about that. Uh, and so turning your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And in doing so, I'm going to talk about what my job is. And so I'm actually going to just, I'm going to wear my hard hat this morning. I don't know if I'm going to wear those, but I'll set them here anyway. So I'm, uh, we're under construction. So turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Under construction, I'm going to wear my, my little vest. If I can get it on. Okay, here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, under construction. My job as a pastor. I'm going to tell you what it is. You guys ready? Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to, verse 11 says this. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for, listen, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Can you say that with me? Grow up. Grow up. And look, it's time for us to grow up. We grow up. This is what God has called us to do, that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So when you talk about what my job is, because so if you thought of, thought that my job was to come in, come in on a Sunday morning and 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 preach a message and and try to tickle your ears. Or, I, listen, I love, I love preaching. You guys, I'm just one time, I love preaching. I actually, I feel God's pleasure when I'm preaching. I, I just love it. But at the same time, my job is not to just come and preach a sermon and, to, and to, to make sure that you're comfortable. My job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. I'm going to say it again. Somebody say, you say it again, it loses its effect. I want you to hear what I'm saying. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So if you think that you've come into the, this place, and because that's what I'm saying, we're going to church. Actually, this is a building. I'm thankful for this building. This is a gathering of believers. And the body of Christ, the Bible says that where the people are, there the church is. So we are the church because the people of God are, is here, Right? But the truth is, is that this is a building, and we gather together, and when, what is the purpose? Is just to come and sing some songs, some songs that we like, and just to come and just do some worship, hear a message, maybe fellowship a little bit, and then go home just so you can make it during the week, because I hear that sometimes. I can't wait to get to church because I need church so they can minister to me. No, 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 no. You are the ministers. You come here to get equipped 
so that you can go out and do what God has called you to do and be who he's called you to be. Some of you just like, I, I don't know. I, you're rocking my paradigm. Good. I hope I rock it all the way to the other side to get you to understand. Stop thinking that you're coming in here to just to get me yes. Or Do you get ministered to when you come here? Yes, you do get ministered to. But that's not the goal. The goal is not just for you to get ministered to because you get filled up so that you can go out and give it away. Do you hear what I'm talking to you about this morning? It is so important that you hear that because it's because if you come into a place where you're thinking, man, I'm just we're just coming, I just need, I just need, I need, then it's always about you. But it was never just all about you. It was about what God has done on the inside of you. Yes, He picked you up out of the miry clay. Yes, He set your feet on a rock. Yes, He absolutely redeemed you and He's blessed you and He's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And He's gone before you and He's made the crooked path straight and he's given you the mind of Christ and he's seated you in heavenly places but I'll be a monkey's uncle if I let you sit here and just soak it up and just for yourself and realize that we got to get out there and see what God is doing and be a light to those that are around us. I'm preaching this morning whether you believe it is preaching or not. I'm preaching to you this morning because it's important for you to understand that we are salt and light and what good is salt if if it loses its saltiness if it loses its flavor. Now listen, my wife is a chef and she is, you know, even though she's, she's a white girl, I have taught her how to use seasoning. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Oh. Say, Pastor Chris, you can't say that kind of stuff because we're in a racial deal. I don't care. I'm going to tell you right now. You white people don't season your food. And then that's the reason why sometimes we have trouble. And, you know, that's, that's a cultural difference. There is a thing in the store called Lowry's. It's called seasoned salt. Can I get a witness? Yes. There's a thing called salt that you put on chicken. Amen. I'm tired of coming to y'all's houses and eating dry, bland chicken. Put some seasoning on it. Can I get a witness? Yes. Yes. It's all good because... Because it's not just white people, black people put too much fat in their stuff, amen? Some of the stuff we eat, I don't understand why we eat it. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. Anyway, the truth is that we use salt for a lot of things. Is that true? We use salt. Salt has use. And if we we as the church lose our saltiness, what good is it, the Bible says, that it be thrown out and be trampled underfoot? God has not called us to be useless, but be useful in the kingdom. Because when you put salt on something, it causes it to be flavorful. And I heard him say in the scriptures that, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And once people taste and see that the Lord is good, you know what, the first thing I do when I taste something, something that's good, I go, you got to taste this. You got to get some of this. This is so, is that true? I do that with little Debbie snack. I'm going to tell you, I, I bite into it and I under, this is so good that I have to share it with somebody else. Can I tell you that God is so good that once I taste and see that he is good, I have to share him with somebody else. I can't keep it to myself because I know that he's good. I've tasted and seen that he's good. And so, therefore, we need to be salt and light everywhere that we go. Amen. Amen. 
There's darkness in the world. There's darkness on every corner. Every time you turn around, there's darkness. I look at, the, you look at stuff on the news, there's darkness. But God has called us to be a light in the middle of the darkness. Do you hear what I'm telling you? When you hear that, you hear that? That's the sound of construction. God is changing some of the way that you think this morning. He's hammering away this way that some of you think this morning. He's changing it so that you don't walk in those doors going, I need a message. I need a worship. No, you've already worshiped before you got here because it's not an event. It's a lifestyle. You've been worshiping all week long. You've been reading the word all week long. You've been fellowshipping all week long. So when you come here, you're getting equipped so that you can go out and do what God's called you to do. You understand what I'm telling you? It's just so important that you, un- that you understand that. And so, so that, that's, that's my job. So you look at the pastors here. I got some phenomenal pastors here. I got the best of the best of the best. I got Roland. I got Kevin. I got Jake. I got Pastor Terry. I got all these guys. I got the best of the best. I'm telling you, I've assembled. Y'all don't get, yeah, some of y'all are visiting from other churches. I'm just telling you right now, you made the last stop. Coming to this church, you found the best. I believe we got the best. I got the best staff. I got the best people. I got the best of the best. You won't find better worship. You won't find better. Anyway, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling them. I'm just letting them know. It's not pride when you just brag on your people. I'm just saying. Okay, I'll, I'll tone it down. Okay, so here's the deal. But if you don't understand that when that our job is not to not to just to just come in here and just like what do you need? We're not the genie. Don't rub on the lamp. Poof. What do you need? Poof. What do you need? Poof. What do you need? Yes, I watched Aladdin. I'm just telling you, that's not what God has called us to do as pastors. We want to equip you when you come in here. Will we pray so? So that's 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 what you need to understand. So I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like. Turn to Exodus. We're going old school, Old Testament Exodus. Exodus chapter 18 is so important. I'm going to give you an example. Are you getting this? So here's, here's, here's what it says. We're going to start Exodus 18, and we're going to start. We're going to go back to Keep your finger in, in Ephesians because we're going to go back there. But Exodus 18 and verse 13, here's what it says. And so it was. Let me, let me, let me back up because it's true. You set it up. Moses, was, they considered him, he's a shepherd. Well, it was estimated between 1.5 and 2 million people that he was overseeing, come bringing them out of Egypt. And so he's pastoring them, shepherding them, and we're going to break right in here in verse 13. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses, his father-in-law, saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another. And I make known the statutes of God and his laws. Verse 17. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Now listen to my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Now listen. This is is a job description. Stand before God for the people, 
so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from, from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they shall themselves judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. And if you do this thing, if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. Now here I'm going to explain to you what the job description is as a, as a pastor. Number one, stand before God for the people. My number one job as a pastor of this church is to pray. Do you understand that? That's my number one job is to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not sure so the people, pastors get it backwards. They stand before the people for God. I'm not God. God don't need help being God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not God. Thank God. Everybody say, thank the Lord. No, no, say it like I said. Thank the Lord. Say it, say that. Yes. I'm not God. So my job is not to stand before you and try to be God. I'm not God. I can't, I can't solve all your problems. I can't do everything you need me to do. But here's what I can do. My chief number one job is to pray for you. And I do that every single day. I pray for you. I stand. I bring the difficulties to God. When I hear something that someone's sick or I hear that something's going on in a marriage or I hear something that's going on in our church, I take those difficulties and I pray. I give them to God, and that's what I do. I pray for you every day. God, I pray, Lord, that they walk in the statues that you put on the inside of them. I pray that you would, you would keep them from the evil one. I pray, Lord, that they would have the mind of Christ and they would live according to your ways. I pray that no evil would befall them. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're the glory and lifter of their heads, that your glory is their rear guard. I pray, Lord, that you would, they would lift up their heads and be you lifted up and so that the king of glory could come in. I pray that their marriages prosper. I pray that their kids, Lord, that their children would come to know you and have a relationship on their own. I pray that they would be a light and, and salt on their jobs. I thank you, Lord, that you're keeping them and that you're, you're covering them and that you're, the banner over them is love. I thank you, God, that you're surrounding them with truth and that every time they turn around, they're hit with your goodness and your mercy and your love and that surely goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. And I I pray, Lord, that you protect them as they're driving. I pray, Lord, that you go before them and surround them with your love and that they know every day how much you love them. I pray, God, that their heart, Lord, would understand your love so that that love can cast out all fear. I pray that they be fearless in the face of adversity, that they would stand having done all the stand with their loins girded about with truth. That's what I do. I pray that over you every day. Do. I just do. I pray. These pastors also, they pray over you every day. That's my job. That's what I do. I take the difficulties and I give them to God. That's my job. It's the only one job that I do. So I stand before God for the people. Then this is what he said. Number two. Number two. This is what he said. The, the, the next thing is, where is it? Lost my place. Teach them, this is good, to teach them the statutes and laws. This is my second job is to preach the word. You hear me? Yeah. Preach the word. 
When you're around me or we're here on Sunday morning or wherever, I, my job is to preach the word of God. Let me tell you why. I, want, I don't want to preach heresy. I don't want to preach just, I mean, I, I love to use humor in messages. I like that. But at the same time, my number one job is to equip you with the word of God. You need the word. Is that true? Yes. Man should not live by, every, by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't know how you can be overcomers. I don't know how you can go forward in the things of God. I don't know how you can be uh, all that God's called you to be without being in the word and hearing the word. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Faith builds the word of God. I preach the word. We are going to preach the word. If you come in here and you're new and you go, what kind of church is that? We preach the word. What do they teach at that church? The word. What's wrong with that guy? The word. The word of God. Let me tell you why, why it's, it's, so, it's important. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read to you what's important. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 16 says this. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. He's talking about all the persecutions they do. And out of them, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You think our president's suffering persecution? People of God suffering persecution. It's going to happen. He says it's going to happen. You want to live a godly life, you're going to suffer persecution. And so then verse 13 says, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them from, from your childhood, that you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That, everybody say that. that. Say it like you mean it, that. that. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God will equip you for every good work. You want to be equipped? That's why we preach the word in this church. You want to be equipped? The word of God, the word of God in, word of God out, word of God. I'm telling you, the word of God, the Bible says it is quick, it's alive, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul asunder, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is, that is naked in his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with much whom we give an account. The word of God, the word of God, you, I mean, we preach it because you, you need to know it's an illustration Illustration for uh, so you to know that we, that you want to be equipped. My job is to preach the word. January fifth of this year, my parents were here when I got installed as the senior pastor of the church. And if you heard my dad, um, what he said is absolutely true. By the way, because um, my dad and my other dad, uh, Pastor Terry Moore, happy birthday to our pastor. <laughs> Uh, 
As that joke about turning, flipping the numbers and saying you're seven years, years old, that's not going to work. So <laughs> 70 today, but he is, uh, he's a great, my dad as well, his birthday. And so isn't that crazy that they're bo- both born anyway? It's just, it's just nuts. But I remember, and we're going we're gonna to pray for him here in, in a little bit. But the truth is, is that my dad stood right here. And this is what he said. And it was true because I was crying on the front row when he said this. He goes, my he goes, we didn't, weren't able to give Chris much. And he was right. We didn't have a whole lot of money. We didn't have any money. I mean, I remember my dad. We were so poor. And my dad, I um, remember him having to pawn like a gun so that we could pay the light bill. I mean, the water bill at times. We were just poor. And he said that. He goes, we, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of money. He goes, there wasn't a whole lot I could give Chris. He goes, but we gave him a Bible. We gave him the word of God. And I'm telling you what, one of the best gifts you can give your children is the word of God. Instill the word of God in them, the word of God. So it's, imp- it's so important. And that's what they did. They, they instilled it in me, but there were times where I didn't want to just because none of my friends are reading seven chapters a day. None of my friends, I mean, seven chapters a day. I don't need healing over it because it's the word of God. But I'm just saying, seven <laughs> chapters a day we were reading. Every time we came to the table, for you guys, the people that have been here a long time heard me say this. Every time we came to the table, we had to learn a new verse to eat. Obviously, I didn't miss no meals, so I learned verses. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't miss no meals, man. I was just like, mm, I'm going to eat today. We eating good today. And so I, I remember coming to the table going, Jesus wept, you know. <laughs> you had to learn a verse. I'm going to come with Jesus wept. My dad was like, you're going to be weeping with Jesus if you come back to the table with that verse. You and Jesus are going to be weeping together. Come back. So we had to learn a verse every time we came to the table because my parents were like, you're going to learn the word. You're going to learn the word. You are going to learn the word. Because he, he, he took it when it said, have it between the front lids of your eyelids. And when you wake up in the morning, when you lie down, when you come together, the word of God. I mean, they did everything except that's why they had them lick honey off the scrolls because thy word is sweet like the honeycomb. Have your children do that. Your children do that. And so my job, second job, is to preach the word. Is that important? Understand that. So we're in church. Remember, we're getting equipped. You're getting equipped for every good work so that you don't go to work thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. My, I got this. I got these. There's evil all around me. There's stuff that's going on. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. You know what to do. Because you're more than conqueror through Christ Jesus. That you have the mind of Christ. You're made for solutions and problems. You are surrounded by his love. You're seated in heavenly places. Have a seat. Have a seat, young lady. Have a seat, young man. Where? In your heavenly place, in that place that God has, has for you. What about, the, what about the chaos that's going on? And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall rule my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What kind of peace? Well, it's not a peace that the world gives because the peace that I give, the world can't give. It's a peace that goes beyond your thinking. But what about the other stuff that's going on in my life? What about, what about me being broke? Oh, honey, do you forget? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he said, I shall supply all of your needs according to the riches and glories by Christ Jesus. 
Jesus, but you don't understand. I'm, I'm fearful because all the stuff that's going on. Well, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I haven't given you again the abundance of fear, but I've given you the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. But I feel powerless. I don't know what to do. Well, the Bible says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses to them in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But I don't necessarily feel that power. Well, I'm telling you that he has given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and you'll drink any deadly thing. It won't hurt you. But I don't understand what else is going on in the world. He sits on the circle of the whole earth, and he knows exactly what's going on. Uh, last time I checked, Jesus is still... And because he's still on the throne, he has the whole world in his hand. And the Psalms 2 says, why do the nations rage? And why do they plot and imagine vain things? Because my God who sits in the heaven shall laugh. Ha ha! Because I have put my anointed one on the throne. But, but there's other stuff that's going on. Listen, there's nothing that you can come up against that it is already in the word. And you are equipped to overcome it. Because my God says that he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And you're more than a conqueror. You are who God's called you to be. You can do what he says you can do. You can go where he tells you you can go because he's backing you. I'm not afraid of the arrow that flies by night. No, they came to eat upon my flesh. But I know that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that's who you are. And that's who God's called you to be. Amen. Amen. God. Stand before God for the people, preach the word. And then here's the last part, what he says, show them, Exodus 18, show them in the way that they must walk and the work that they must do. My job is to show you the way that you're to walk, character, holiness, living a life worthy of the gospel, we're living a life that you're, that's God's called you to. The, the way that you should walk, your steps are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way, and though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, because the Lord will uphold him with his hand. The way that you should walk and the work you must do. That's my job, to show you the work you must do. What work? Well, don't say that there's four months to the harvest, because the harvest is ripe and it's plenty. Well, what do we do? Pray for laborers because it's ripe. It's ready. There are people that are dying and going to hell every day and they need to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ so that we can be a light. And so the work we must do, wait. I thought Jesus was coming back. He is. But occupy till he comes. That means work. Pull, roll your sleeves up, and let's get out there and let's show people in the way that they should walk and the work that they must do. Show people that there's a Jesus that loves them and cares about them, and they don't have to live in the way that, that, they, that they have been, that they can come out of that darkness and into his life. It's my job. Show you that you can do the work of the ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Is that all your job? No, there's other things, but those are things that I wanted to share with you this morning. So much. But I want to tell you, though, that if you're thinking, I want to shift you out of thinking that I'm just going to go here and get ministered to. Listen, do we minister on Sunday morning? Yeah. We pray. I'm, we do. We minister on Sunday mornings, not just Sunday morning, all throughout the week. 
You can call here. That's what pastors do. We care for the flock. We feed the sheep. It's, it's our job to care for you. But I'm telling you, you can get in a mindset that, that, that the church exists just so that I can just get ministered to, but I want to get us out. Because the truth is, is if we always think we've got to get ministered to, we will never go out and minister. At some point, you got to get out of the hospital bed in order to go. You know, if you're always in the bed, then nobody else can get in there. Is that true? Yeah. You just forget that the, the, you, you, you were a patient. That means that, because I was a patient in a hospital, that the gown ties in the back. <laughs> right? But when you're a doctor, the coat ties in the front. So I want to tell you, it's time to switch gowns this morning. Because... Some of y'all have been tying it, tying because you're a patient. You've been tying from the back the whole time because you're like, I got to get in this bed. No, no, no. It's time for you to be the doctor. You're the one administering the medicine. You're the one that's telling to, hey, you're the one that's ministering and making sure. No, you just swear, that's, God did that for you. Yeah. It tied in the back because you were a patient. Remember? I hated that because my past was hanging out and I had to tie the thing in the back. My past, all of that. You're laughing, but it's true. All of your past was hanging out. All of it, all the stuff that you used to do, everything that Satan had a hold of you, all of that stuff was, was just hanging out and it tied in there. But then God came and rescued you and he set you free and he caused you to rise up and be. And then all of a sudden you'd be like, I'm the one that's going to be ministering today. How you doing? I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm Dr. This. I'm ready to administer. How, who are you? It's like that guy, that Holiday Inn commercial where he's just like, are you a doctor? No, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> Like, are you a doctor? No, but I know the great physician, and I know that he died for you. I know that, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. I know him, and you need to know him too. And so, therefore, change gowns this morning. Change paradigms this morning. Change the way that you think, and know this. That's for my job. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every Sunday. Every time I see you, I'm going to equip you. We as pastors are going to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org/give.